good position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 351 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, man! This is being recorded for you moments after midnight, Saturday, July 17th, uh, 14 minutes after midnight, actually, so, zero, zero, 100 hours, 1400, you know, no, four, not 1400, uh, it's 12.14, it! left coast, Pacific coast, coast with the most... There you go. That would make it for our sequel friends 202107 uh 17. Crack engineer, Ivor Molina. Over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. Drink the whiskey. Mmm. That's nice, Max. Ivor, you're fired. Mmm. We have an enormous fucking show for you this week. So let's get straight to the talking of it with our top stories. First of all, and most importantly, I don't know, um, you know, I, I talk to you like I talk to anyone else who's my friend, and I, you know, I, every week for eight years now, I've been doing this with candor and sincerity. Uh, and I approach 
Sometimes we have to divert from the toil of the video game world to, especially these last two years, to actually try to do like a not a public service kind of thing, but a uh, a cover a news issue that is so unavoidable that, you know, blah blah blah. So, first of all, in our top stories, number one, get vaccinated. And if you are unpersuadable to ever get vaccinated, you're like, oh no, I'm never getting fucking vaccinated. And you're doing it because of political reasons. If you're doing it because you have not thought about it, but it's what's popular to not do among your peers and cohorts, then I need you to do something other than get, I mean, I want you to get vaccinated even if that's the case for you. Um, But if you're completely unpersuadable, and if, you know, yeah, you never want to say never, but if, if that's where you are, then instead of getting vaccinated, then I do need you to go die. Especially in a different country. Or, alternatively, and this is why this is like the pressing thing at the front of my brain right now. Or, as I saw yesterday on Fox, you can adopt the Fox News approach to fighting the pandemic, which is to you know, not encourage vaccination at large. You know, if you watch Dr. Laura, who's not a real doctor, by the way, or she might be, it's a, uh, I don't remember. In fact, I do not honestly, Ivor, you're fired. I don't remember if Dr. Laura is a real medical doctor or not, but she's been terrible her entire life. Or anyone else of the, you know, late, the, you know, after five o'clock Fox News programming, you, you can go die. First, I want you to get vaccinated. If you're not going to do that, then you can go die in another country. Or, alternatively, if you are so unpersuadable and you are so into Fox News, this infuriated me yesterday. Fox News is now pressing. Like, they are, it's like a full court press. Back to hydroxychloroquine, which, by the way, does nothing against COVID. And in fact, if you have any pre-existing heart ailments, there's a better chance of you getting killed by hydroxychloroquine than if than if you did not take hydroxychloroquine in the first place. And there's no efficacy of hydroxychloroquine against COVID at all. It's a it's in the mar it's not even in the margin of error it's like at like you know zero efficacy but there is a greater efficacy of it killing you and that's clinical studies that's like legit fucking reality but now fox news is and i don't know why they pushed hydroxychloroquine other than trump kept pushing hydroxychloroquine and i over the last 2 weeks I listened to and then I read I read, I listened to and then I read um Nightmare Scenario which is an absolutely horrifying fucking book and Preventable both of which are authoritative histories of the Trump handling of the COVID pandemic and blah so I, hydroxychloroquine 
I was so depressed when that first week a couple died drinking aquarium cleaner. Well, the husband died, the wife woke up from a coma to find out that, and they just wanted to be safe. At this point, if you are if you are dead set that you're not going to get vaccinated, guess what? You're part of the problem. And so I need you to follow Fox News' latest fucking deranged non-reality-based tidbit. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it has a good chance of poisoning you. Um, and I've used it. I know this drug. Right now they're pushing Invermectin. Ivermectin. Which I've always called Invermectin, but whatever. Ivermectin. Ivermectin is what you use on horses to kill blood ticks and mites in horses and other parasites that are skin-based parasites. I've used Invermectin illegal Ivermectin illegally back when I had rats um, to cure my rats of mites. I had a bad mite outbreak. This was like early on um, you know, I'd been keeping rats for about two years at that point. We had a bad outbreak of mites in the rats. And Ivermectin, if you feed it, you have to hand feed it to them. But here's how bad Ivermectin is for you. Ivermectin, when you, when you, I don't know if you can even still buy it in the horse paste form that I used, um, which is way cheaper. And I consulted with a veterinarian and blah, blah, blah. And we had a second outbreak. And so then finally I was like, okay, fine. I called my, my vet and I'm like, hey, is it okay if I buy like horse paste and how much should I measure, you know, ivermectin in horse paste form? Which means it comes in a giant fucking syringe that looks like a caulking gun. And you have to hand feed it to your rats because you have to keep the dosages straight. And I'm like, how much, how much, you know, do I need to feed each rat per day? And you have to, if you're going to dose them, you have to dose them all and you have to dose them all equally. Some people like to put, some idiots who've own rats like to put the ivermectin in like a solution and mix it in with the water but that just that just means your thirstiest rat gets more ivermectin and ivermectin even in rats even in horses is a poison it will kill them animals are more resistant to the poison and the bigger they are the more anyway I never had a rat die of ivermectin but the horse paste tube, the injector tube that I got of ivermectin that I used to parcel out into fucking one, one, you know, almost one tenth of a, of, of a, uh, I can't remember. I used a postage scale, so I'm trying to remember the exact measurement, but it's like a tiny, tiny dollop of ivermectin onto a broken piece of dry pasta straight from the box because rats like crunchy chewy things generally and ivermectin evidently tastes like shit to rats but that's okay um, and you have to dose them individually so and this one you have to do it for two weeks about yeah, about a, a little over a week about 10 days is what you have to do to make sure that all of them, all the mites are dead because it goes, so rat eats it's the same way a horse eats but you have to do it on a much smaller scale it's much cheaper back then 
This is not that long ago. This is like three and a half, four years ago. Um, on the side of the horse injecting tube for ivermectin, which you have to keep refrigerated, if I remember correctly. Mm. I still have a tube of it in my fucking fr- in my fucking fr- fridge, in my butter compartment. On the side of this fucking tube, it says, "Do not allow this to come into contact with your skin." It can go from your skin into your blood and in humans ivermectin is a poison. I guess because rats and I, I don't know the medical reason for this. But I do know that it will make you sick. And right now Fox News is pushing instead of getting a fucking vaccination and fucking billions of people have taken now, and over 160 million people have taken in the United States, so that is those are the fully vaccinated, uh, I think the fully vaccinated is 160 million people in the United States, that's half of the population meaning that to be fully immunized so, you know, well, actually, okay, yeah I'm, I'm playing loose with the numbers there because to be fully immunized you either have to take one dose of the Johnson & Johnson vaccination or two doses of either the Moderna which I got or the Pfizer so that number could be twice as much or somewhere between three quarters as much but it's like 160 million fucking people have not died of any fucking side effect from the vaccine I have long haul fucking COVID okay you do not want long haul COVID. And mine has been like the most mild. I've gotten it twice. I got it once in January and then I got it once in November. So I'm fully vaccinated. Long haul COVID has like had impacts on my life real life, day-to-day life I have COVID brain, which is like my number one biggest side effect and I have ancillary health problems related that you know may or may not be un- may or may not be related to COVID anyway, COVID sucks and COVID can fucking kill you and it does not matter how old you are it doesn't matter if you're 22 or if you're 15 COVID can fucking kill you and right now this week, over the last two weeks, 240% was 120% increase. So that means 240%. That means exponential growth over the last two weeks across the country to the point where California is bringing back indoor recommendations for indoor masking, which are going to lead nowhere. Meanwhile, over the same two weeks, four first line you know, what we used to call first line fucking people, like people who work grocery stores, delivery guys, whatever four fucking people were murdered due to altercations trying to get their clientele to respect the rules of the house and put on a fucking mask so I don't think that masking thing is going to go all that great, so that leaves two things that leaves two alternatives because we are still in a I mean it doesn't feel like it but right now even Vegas is now recommending masks uh, back inside and I'm not going back there even for vaccinated people 
And the reason for that is enough fucking idiots refuse to take the shot for whatever I, you know, I will not I I won't even deign to, at this point, it's not that your information's short, it's that you are invulnerably, invincibly, you've been, you, at this point, if you will not get the vaccine, if you are seriously vaccine resistant, to my mind, it is not an information deficit, it's not a communication deficit, it might be a communication deficit, it might be a lot of things, but realistically, at this point, if you've not been living underneath a rock, buried underneath the sea for the last two fucking years, then you pretty much heard it all. And if you are still vaccine resistant, and this is fucking horrifying to say, but the best thing for you to do if you refuse to ever get vaccinated is for you to die immediately. It's for you to get sick and die immediately outside of this country. And I will tell you why that is a morally defensible fucking position. The greater good comes first. And for me, that greater good, beyond like the obvious, I want everyone to live, even if you don't have like the same fucking political, that can't be said for lots of other people I've talked to over the last three months since I've been fucking, since, since uh, yeah, March, since the end of March. Um, since I've been fully vaccinated and recirculating among the public, lots of people are fucking really angry assholes who, like, I mean, this guy at the bar blew my fucking mind. Like, I was like, wow. <laughs> I looked, I was stunned at, 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 at the gall of this guy over a toast with the bartender. I was toasting that we made it. And even then, that that guy who we then found out was not vaccinated and sitting in that bar without a mask on, breaking the bar's rules on a free drink with me and the bartender that I was paying for. I was paying for the for the drink. Just some some guy was during the, the hockey during the Vegas Golden Knights I was like I have a great toast get some shots for us Jade so we got we got shots and we all clinked ga- glasses and I said cheers we made it and the most horrible thing about these last two years and he looked me in the eye and said it's all fucking bullshit if you were like that guy then I need you to die if that's if that's if you are that guy, I need you to die or get vaccinated. You can it's your choice. At this point, I don't I don't really care. I don't want you dying of COVID and I don't want you dying here. But go to any other country, go to go anywhere else. Do not clog up our hospitals. If you're not going to get vaccinated, don't waste our fucking time. Just listen to your fucking friends at Fox News and get as much Invermectin as you can and take it steadily for a month and you will die. Your kidneys will fail. Take hydrochloroquine 
on the side and then when you can steal as much remdesivir as you can which actually is efficacious if you're late stage COVID if you're severe late stage COVID remdesivir evidently has some you know get monoclonal antibodies no you should listen to Fox News and you should die how is this morally responsible for me to say that how can I justify that I'll tell you because every host that is available to the Delta variant and all subsequent variants of this virus becomes an opportunity for the virus to mutate beyond what we can control with known vaccines. So every time you fuck around with this, every time you go out without a mask, which is obviously what's happening in California and obviously is what is happening in Nevada... Everyone who is 19, literally, this is not a made-up number, 99.2% of everyone who has died of COVID in the last two months has been unvaccinated. So that tells you a fucking clue. And if you're not willing to get vaccinated and you're not willing to stay at home until this all blows over, which will be forever at this rate now because of all, not just the disinformation, but because now it's an entrenched political fucking statement. CPAC, last week, they cheered, they cheered, this guy gave a speech, and in the middle of the speech said, we're destroying Biden's agenda, he wanted 70% vaccination by July 4th, they're not gonna get it, and we're not gonna get vaccinated, and they cheered. That's like cheering for your own fucking death. Now, how is this morally morally defensible for me to make this impassioned plea to those of you who are who are absolutely certain that you're invincibly you, you that you have an immunity. You already have an immunity and your immunity is to reason, sense, sanity, social responsibility or reasoned argument or rational thought and or logic if you are in that camp then you are not just a danger to yourself but you meet the definitions of being clinically insane you're a danger to yourself and others it's not just about your health it's about the person who actually can't get the vaccine but has to work a fucking serving job and has a little kid who has you know diabetes and now we have the Delta variant, which is airborne. So every one of you who isn't dead and is not currently infected with COVID and who refuses to get vaccinated, you are another vector for a mutation that will be even worse than the Delta variant. And my goal is to shrink that pool And I'm telling you, if that's where you are, then you need to start following the advice of Fox News. Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, go at it. Make up your own dosages. Go fucking jump on the internet. Find someone else who will tell you nonsense that you want to hear. 
about the dosages that they're taking and how great they are. Because in another three months, you will be sick. And I don't want it to be... I And, and if that is your level of intractability, I don't want you to be sick from COVID. My goal here, now at this point, is no longer a fucking, you know, um, uh, an earnest plea for, I, I don't know. My goal here now is simply to shrink the pool of potentially available hosts. And one of the best ways to do that is for you to listen to Fox News. And if that's what got you here, then you should follow it all the way through. Get some ivermectin. I'll send you my ivermectin. I will fucking send it. No bullshit. I'll send it to you. It's got over half a tube left. It's for fucking horses. It's poison. That's how it works. It goes in your goes into the horse's blood and the ticks and the mites that, you know, bite on them from the skin, they get the blood, but they also get a little ivermectin. Ivermectin, it kills them. Kills them without fault or, you know, blah. On the side of it, it says it's poison to human beings. It's not designed for human beings. So if that's how we have to shrink the pool at this point, then fine. The one thing I don't want you dying of is COVID. Especially if you... Because every person who dies now, every... And I hate to say this. Every person who dies of COVID at this point is absolutely unnecessary. But it endangers everyone else. And it starts with the people closest to them, then expands to like, you know, their work environment, then expands to their social environment. And if you are that asshole, I want you dead. Especially if you got that way because you've been watching and listening and paying attention to what Fox News has told you instead of the obvious fucking science of this shit. We have a panacea, people. We're halfway there. We need 30 more percent. Every day that passes that we are not at 80% vaccinated, we it gets harder and harder and harder to get there. And it's only a matter of time. At this rate, we have half of the people, 50% of the country is fully vaccinated and everyone's fighting against, you know, fucking, uh, you know, like uh, any sort of legislation or whatever that's similar to like my idea of clear cards, you know, vaccine passports, as the Republicans like to call it. Um, Everyone who fights against that is a double fucking idiot. And you're not just stupid you're killing other people and you're endangering everyone and when I say everyone I don't mean like you're endangering everyone on a day to day basis, of course you are if you're going around unmasked and you're unvaccinated, you are endangering everyone around you everyone you come into contact with I'm talking about you're endangering the long term survival of the fucking country and of the human race literally, that's what it comes down to and it's going to be like three years before we've given everybody a first dose across the entire world. But that is an achievable goal. 
Okay, so there we go. That's And so, yeah, I need you to die. I need you to die not of COVID or of a terrorist attack against democracy. If that's if you're that unpersuadable. And if that's your information source and if you're willing to listen to Laura Ingram but not listen to fucking any scientist any rational human fucking being then you definitely need to die hopefully not of COVID and hopefully not in this country because we're we're seeing hospitals that are being overrun these fucking nurses every nurses, doctors, everybody is burnt out and now they're seeing that all these cases come in 99.2% unvaccinated people those are the people who die and right now these last two weeks why is this important enough to revisit right now because these last two weeks represent exponential growth again when you increase by 120% that's 240% net over two weeks ago that is exponential growth that's the type of growth that easily gets out of control and it's because of people who are not wearing masks and who refuse to vaccinate I'm vaccinated it has not made me magnetic it hasn't made me a fucking idiot either though but if you're if you're if you refuse to vaccinate and you're a fucking idiot and you like to listen to anybody else other than fucking doctors and people who know what the fuck they're talking about Dr. Fauci fucking anyone, your own doctor any fucking piece of newsprint you might find provided that you're actually able to read then I need you to die because you're not only you know, this is not a personal choice this is a personal responsibility this is for yourself ideally you want to live your friends, your family your closest people, your friends and neighbors, your community, your your county, your state your country and humanity for God fucking sake, it doesn't even hurt and if you want to I mean it at this point, like, I don't even need to go through it. Like, Occam's razor of this shit is just amazing. Oh, I need to make sure that the long-term side effects of the vaccine are aren't devastating. Okay, well, how long do you want to wait? Do you want to wait 10 years? Then you need to die. That's it. If you want to wait until there's a Republican in office so that that, I mean, what the fuck is that shit? What happened to patriotism? What happened to being responsible to, you know, not just yourself, not just your family, not just your community, but your fucking friends, random strangers. And I am not going back to a fucking mask thing. I'm never masking again. Until there's something that can punch, until there's a real breakthrough thing that, by the way, the breakthrough cases, all the, all the times that the vaccine has been, 
Has it prevented someone from getting COVID, like the ball players at the All-Star game, or Bill Maher uh, a couple of months ago, or a bunch of the Yankees players right at that same time when Bill Maher got COVID? That was like, I guess, two months ago. All of those people, they're all fine. Why? Because they were all vaccinated. The Delta variant is airborne. And it's airborne because of these fucking people who will not bother to take a fucking shot. And no, Bill Gates, there's no, I'm not even going to bother with any of, because it's all nonsense. I mean, it's literally nonsense. I will look you in the face one foot away within swinging distance and tell you you are a fucking moron if you are more ready to believe that there's a 5G connection from wireless towers to literally this bitch on TV said, this is the chick at one of the hearings, the chick who tried to, you know, show how the key stuck to her because she's now magnetic or whatever, which is nonsense. If you think there's a connection between Bill Gates, the vaccine, 5G towers, and literally magnetic crystals in the vaccine, then guess what? If you're intractable in that belief, you need to die. And you need to not die of COVID and you need to not do it here in this country because the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed. COVID is already starting to attack younger people. You want to wait six months with that? It will get, it only gets better at doing these things. It doesn't do it like with an intelligent, you know, whatever. It's not, viruses aren't even organisms. They're their own class of fucking thing. They're, they're just like DNA hijackers. They infiltrate your cells. They, they force your cells to make more of them. And, you know, in that, in that, carbon copy process just like if you took like a single page of a great work of art and then tried to photocopy it a hundred million times by hand on a photocopier moving it slightly you know every what millionth time you get variations and the variants eventually that survive are the ones that are better than the ones than the original they're more effective at proliferating just through sheer natural selection so if this is what it's going to be I mean I I snapped I snapped I went I got angry last night but I went I woke up and I was furious this morning when you wake up you're sober first thought was ivermectin ivermectin you want me to put you're telling people to poison themselves with no fucking clinical basis in reality, and yet you can't handle a vaccine. At this point, I'm drawing the line. At this point, you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, and you are actively part of the problem. So I need you to follow your Fox News advice, and fucking off yourself. Not with COVID, not in this country. Kidney failure is a long-term disease, and we need the beds. We're going to need the beds. 
So there we go. There's the first 35 minutes of the of our huge show, which is all about Linux games, but we'll evidently have to cut it down to about 10 minutes apiece. So go get your fucking shot. It's not going to kill you. It will not kill you. There's no way. Like four people out of fucking a billion people. No, I, okay. Domestically, out of 130 million people who got at least one dose of the vaccine, be it Johnson Johnson, Moderna, or Pfizer, four people developed the the brain blood clot thing or whatever. Four people out of 130 million people to say that is within the margin of safety for any medical procedure, that's so... That's like the wet dream of like what is considered safe in fucking medicine that is a sample that is so few people 130 million people four of them developed a rare blood clot thing that that killed them I think three of them died and one of them you know is significant I mean I'm not trying to say that you know it's not tragic that people died but guess what they didn't die of COVID and divide 130 million, well make it simpler for me we'll call it 120 million by virtue of that that means that okay so hundred that, that's that's uh, 30 million in order to test for that the FDA would have to inoculate 30 million fucking people in a trial your most rigorously tested drugs for like blood pressure and shit only go through a trial of like at most the final trial is like a hundred thousand people so it takes 30 minutes your odds are so astronomical of having a bad health outcome because of the vaccine and now that it's airborne your odds are absolutely all but certain that you will get sick. You might not get sick enough to go to the hospital, but you might get sick enough to go to the hospital. And if you go to the hospital, the chances are not good that it's that you'll ever be walking out of there. And so the and the age range is fluctuated with the Delta variant. It seems to be attacking younger and younger people too. And with uh, t- under twelve years old, only becoming FDA approved for vaccination or whatever, currently as of today, in midwinter I mean, how fucking stupid you have to be you have to be as stupid as this guy with clink glasses, at clink glasses with Jade and her tits, and I'm like cheers, cause we we fucking, this is the first time I've been to a bar, really in forever and going to a bar is my favorite thing in the world. I went to a bar without a mask. And this guy said, oh, because it was all bullshit. I don't know a single person who hasn't lost someone from COVID. But here's this fucking grinning 24-year-old who was not fucking with me. Ah. And this was like a month ago. I keep wanting to go back into that moment and punch him in the face. 
knock him right off. I mean, seriously. But considering it was a social, you know, situation, we were watching a hockey game, and I'm not a monster or a madman. Jade looked at me. I, I was looking at Jade. I looked, we all looked at him like with barely contained abject disgust. And then that night, the next 20 minutes got way worse because then we found out that he wasn't vaccinated. What are you doing in here then? Put on a fucking mask. Get the fuck out of here. Forty minutes in. All right, fine. We'll go an hour and a half, maybe, Ivor. So, for those of you who play a lot of Steam games, you know that today uh, Valve announced and began reserve pre-ordering to the public for their new handheld monster demon killer. The Steam Deck. First thing Valve needs to do is look into their marketing department and find the guy who isn't, who's allowing engineers to name shit. Because Valve Index is a terrible name for a virtual reality headset. Especially when the other one is the HTC Vive. And Index in and of itself means nothing. Oh yeah, I got an Index. Oh, really? What size cars did you get? I got an index. Oh, yeah? Is it positive? I got an index. Oh, to what? Yeah, I've been looking at uh, back of the book, too. I got an index. Oh, no. How bad's the fine? Hey, it's a terrible name for a virtual reality, I'd say. But Valve's handheld thing, which is basically an Atari Lynx-style footprint of an AMD powered computer that can run almost every game in your Steam library as a handheld with dual analog sticks and dual Steam controller like touchpads and a nice big screen and etc. It looks very nice. Runs everything in your Steam library. And this made Tim Sweeney from Epic finally finally drop his pants a little bit. By the way, I just laugh that anyone is excited about Tim Sweeney and Epic allegedly stating that in the future they will work with Valve to make easy anti-cheat, which they bought and destroyed. Epic did, because Tim Sweeney hates Linux. Literally, that's not even a joke. He's... (laughs) But, uh, that's a joke that he's going to, you know, actively help with this, because I'll believe it when he's done it. Um, Because all EAC does, at his direction, specifically, is prevent us from playing Fortnite and all of those other games. But he sees the Valve handheld as a threat, so if it does materialize as an actual threat, because that's his market, his market is PC games, Sure, he runs on any device other than a Linux box. But this looks like it's going to be the most powerful handheld that will be available for PC games, and it's going to run your entire Steam library. So he's very anxious to make that as uh, 
at least right now he says he is I don't believe any of it I, I believe in what people actually do especially when they lie to you for years now in the case of Tim Sweeney he's a scumbag and he hates Linux he really does not like Linux I don't know what maybe he was raped by a penguin as a child I hope he was raped by a penguin as a child and I hope that he will be raped by all the penguins that will be coming forth because this is what we do this is what Linux does we pave over like people people like Tim Sweeney it's what we do we paved over Bill Gates Microsoft now wants our fucking kernel anyway it's what we do we're not fast at it but we are persistent and I was telling someone in the discord today oh and by the way many thanks go out to uh, uh, Tux Deluxe from the, the discord uh, for giving up for yesterday which was actually a very fucked up day for me and today was even more fucked up so I might have missed it the news of the Steam Deck, which we'll cover more later, but right now, big thing to focus on, is, I mean, no one's seen one or held one you know, that that I know or trust, which is like me you know, I need to see like how big are the buttons, what are the exact dimensions, a lot of the technical information is there, but anyway do not trust Tim Sweeney that you know, if you get this fucking if you get the handheld, which by the way is $5 to reserve across and that's a reserve to pre-order in December. They're saying that they're going to ship it in December. Who knows? Valve has been pretty good with that though for me with the index and Splinter had a good uh, result with the index too in terms of like the wait time they cut they knocked his down by a couple of weeks I I got mine months after it came out and I pre-ordered it months in advance but you know I'm happy with the I mean it's the preeminent virtual reality headset and it has the absolute best virtual reality control interfaces in the form of the Knuckles controllers as I explained to Shadow Glare last night but do not believe this fiction that you, you'll you be play- Tim Sweeney will fucking Donald Trump, fucking Mitch McConnell that promise in a heartbeat if there's any sort of sign of weakness or disadvantage but right now there is one way for Tim Sweeney to get his games directly onto a real handheld computer computer that's designed to play computer games over the internet and stuff but here's the weird thing, so it's $5 the pricing tier works like this and this is just rough ballpark because I don't want to go into it too much but it's all priced based off of the SSD storage which is fucking insane because the thing is basically a netbook with a hyped up CPU and a hybridized built in kind of AMD graphic sort of functionality you know to keep in the 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 thinner platform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's not ARM, but it is AMD, which I thought was very interesting that they went with AMD instead of NVIDIA. Big fuck you to NVIDIA. Um, and that's cool. I'm a, personally, I'm an NVIDIA fan, but I don't, you know, Holy Wars 
do not exist for me. I look at specs. I look at actual, re- I look at specs and then I look at results. And so, like, when I tell people constantly for f- three fucking years in the Discord, never buy an AMD GPU if you intend to run it on Linux, and people buy AMD GPUs and then complain, you know, I'm just like, I, I told you not to. And I've gone through this conversation like seven times in public with fucking people on the Discord. Every time they do it, it's like, ah, oh, this AMDGB. But I'm sure that this is going to be great because it's all an integrated. The whole thing is hyper engineered, like the same way a laptop is. But basically, what it is is a netbook with a big souped up CPU and graphics, you know, stuff, the big RAM pipeline, I imagine, through there. Although I have not seen the specs for they don't break it out like a PC. But it's essentially a netbook. And so the mystification for me, as I outlined the Shadow Glare drunkenly in stone, a madman last night by a voice chat was. Why would you, in God's name, offer a model of this device at $400 with 64 gigabytes of hard drive space? Because at that point, I mean, especially coming straight off this week from, or last week from the Luna, Amazon's Luna launch, which is great, and that doesn't require any hard drive space. It just requires a screen and the Luna controller. You can play it on your fucking cell phone. You play it with your mom. I will pull that right now. Put it in. Play it with your mom or your granddad. Thank you, Ivor. You're still fired because we're running so long. We're going to have to cut Night of the Dead. We're going to have to go straight to it. Anyway, moving on. You play it with your mom up her ass, motherfucker. Do it again, Ivor. Again! Play it with your friends! Anyway, back to the long-winded point. 64 gigabytes is not enough storage to... Okay, so let's say... Let's cut your basic Linux install for a modern desktop system in half. Basic modern install... You need like 19 gigab- 18 gigabytes of space. For modern Windows install or fucking whatever bizarre, twisted, hippy-dippy hey, you know what? Just give us 70 to 170% more money at the retail checkout and we'll, you know we'll give you more of whatever it is you want. That's what Apple does. And we'll, you know we haven't had an idea in oh god we have no ideas we're fucked that's what happens at the Apple store I I use an iPhone, I use an iPad Pro 12 I mean, you know I, I'm, I don't have stakes people mistake me for having stakes in holy wars I deal with the stats and the end results that's how you have to do it you know it's you, you have to divorce yourself from... But anyway, like, you know, so if I have a client... I haven't had a client in this regard in several years. A little bit more than several, but anyway. But you don't recommend to them shit that is not going to work for them. Like, oh, yeah, no, well, okay, you know, at 200% 
uh, increase of your price point that you know you're willing to pay for these fourteen uh, fourteen workstations, we can you know we can turn them all into IMAX. It's just double the price, and I have no idea how to do anything with them, but I can get you out and set up your network. Um, no, you don't make that suggestion. Like, oh, and none of your software will run on it either. Oh, that's great. Oh, and by the way, unupgradable. <laughs> There's fucking black boxes everywhere. Oh, great. Yeah, so, like, in the long term, you pay, like, a thousand times, like, literally 1,000% more over five years, or you could just stick with Windows. You know, which you already have the licenses for for your software tool tree. You know, blah, 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 blah. Man. Where was I? I, man. Oh, yeah. My bottom line is this. Valve has to be really focused and wanting that $400, that $399 price point to lure everyone in because it lured me in. And then you see that's for 64 gigabytes of hard drive space. So if you cut a Linux install in half and made it 9 gigabytes, so let's say they, they're retooling, like, you know, the Steam machine, whatever, but now this one's based off of Arch, which is a big fuck you to Canonical, too. There's messaging inside of that. But, you know, I'm not interested in reading tea leaves too much, except that Arch gets shit done. It is free from all the Canonical fucking bullshit. So, Right here, we have, like, Valve in the form of Steam bringing to heel on their knuckles and their knees NVIDIA, who has been okay the last couple of years, but traditionally has been awful for Linux. Traditionally. The last five years, they've been They've been much better. That's why I only buy their cards. That and they are more featureful, they're more powerful, and from a price point perspective, they make more sense because they also have CUDA technology, and CUDA is vastly, vastly more useful and powerful and important than 95% of your average consumer you know, consumer, wannabe, prosumer, whatever. They all buy whatever the fuck. But I need CUDA, especially for making my deepfakes. I absolutely have to have CUDA. Um, and I want the compatibility, which for me has been very good. And I have never heard of anyone who's at anything other than proms running an, uh, an AMD GPU on a Linux-based system because traditionally lib mesa and and make the whole mesa every you are not running real drivers that actually access the chipset on the if if you're interested in display if you're interested in pushing pixels especially at a high resolution across especially across multiple monitors you want every aspect of that fucking card that you just paid a thousand dollars for to be pushing all those pixels 
as perfectly as possible with as much overhead as possible I run a lot of monitors and a VR headset trust me, NVIDIA is the way to go do not go with AMD but anyway, bottom line with the weirdest thing, the creepiest the spooky music that I'm hearing is that Steam might not actually really have this as finalized I think as they want us to believe because even at 9 gigabytes for just system overhead plus you know I'm going to say 3 gigabytes of swap space that's 12 gigabytes Sixty-four gigabytes minus twelve gigabytes is fifty-two gigabytes. Fifty-two gigabytes is like one half of the install footprint of Red Dead Redemption Two. It's like one half. It's like two thirds of the footprint of most gigantic bloated releases that are on Steam almost all AAA titles there are some exceptions you know, but like basically you you tend to expect that you're going to have to install on average if they really, you know, did their work the developer and publisher and everything um, and it's a AAA title Maybe they get it to, you know, 20 gigabytes, 18 gigabytes. Necromunda is 18 gigabytes, but it's, that's a different story. Batman Arkham City, what's your footprint? Hang on. I should have looked this up. I meant to. I have all your fired! Local files. Yeah, Batman Arkham City, which is a 10-year-old game, and we'll talk about that more next week. Uh, it's 20 gigabytes. Necromunda is 20 gigabytes, but it takes five hours to install, because I don't know what the fuck is up with the Warhammer universe. Anyway, so you have 50, let's say you have 50 gigabytes to play with, because you want a little bit of porn on there, you want a little bit of music on there. And what Valve is saying, okay, Valve has no defense, and I, I did reach out to Valve officially for comment on this stuff and they're they're they've never been very good at this aspect of the business but they've been even worse in fucking hiring people in their press shop who know anything about Linux and if they if they do have those people they keep them buried cuz I've never talked to any of those people but anyway I don't want to impugn, I mean, because, like, I, you know, I reserved my 256 gigabyte Steam Deck, which is a terrible name, just like everything else that they fucking name. Like, why not? I mean, they need to fire one guy in their marketing department and replace, or one person, and replace that one person with someone who is good at intervening against the engineers who develop this stuff and give it a name. Like, oh, say the Jaguar, which, of course, Atari used already, but, and you don't want to be associated with the Atari Jaguar. Although, not only did I buy an Atari Jaguar when I was 12, I bought stock in Atari when I was 12, which got eaten up by Activision, and then 
subsequently split after that happened. So I made a lot of money, actually. But it was accidental. <laughs> Purely accidental, not the way I wanted it. Because I believed in Atari and the Jaguar. But anyway, Jaguar is a great memorable name. The Atari Jaguar. The Steam Jaguar. The Steam Razorfish. The Steam Face Raper. No, that's well, oh boy, that's kind of the Steam Anyway, Steam Deck does not, Steam Deck sounds to me like a skateboard. It's powered by Steam. How about the Valve the valve switch fucker. The, the, um. I don't know. I'm getting drunk. You're right, Ivor. Time for more whiskey as we approach the top of the hour. Anyway, 64 gigabytes is. N- SSD is nowhere near enough. So, and they've tied the price points. Comes in three flavors right now. You can pre-reserve your pre-order, which means they'll be sending out in December, not actual machines to you have pre-ordered, but they'll be sending out invites for you to order. And it seems like they've done a really good hash of making this as complicated as possible, but also in their defense in the attempt to make it as fair as possible. For instance, if you've never, if you're like one of those guys who loves to just like fucking blow 10 grand on future tech and then sell it on eBay at piratical prices once no one can get it in time for Christmas or someone's birthday or the scarcity of the market is so pronounced and seems to be lasting seems like it will be lasting for such a prolonged period of time Valve ostensibly in an effort to reduce those type of buyers has frozen anyone from even reserving one of these if they haven't made a purchase in the Steam store since June of this year which I think is kind of cool if you didn't buy anything for over a month you know chances are you're a fucking profiteer so those people have to wait till Sunday to pre-reserve at the cost of $5 they're ordering priority you know I don't know who knows if they will drop on time who knows if it will be great or terrible but this is all in Valve's wheelhouse because they have your fucking video game library I mean if you play Steam games chances are if you play games on your computer, chances are you have, well, if you're on Windows, which is literally over 90% of, 95% of the gaming market for the computer, Linux is under one one-hundredth of a percent. Um, and that's fine. Don't worry. We know what works. And we know what we're willing to put up with. You know, and that's okay. And we will pave over you. That's what we do! We, we keep doing it. But, uh... So, it starts at $400 for 64 gigabytes 
which at that point, I don't know why they didn't just make it a net <coughs> a streaming eliminate the hard drive entirely at that point because 64 gigabytes is nothing might also just be me because, you know, I did just I have I have over 42 terabytes of hard drive space inside of my computer that I'm recording this on right now so I like to go big (coughs) of that 42 I have 16 terabytes that are mirrored so that eliminates 32 but then I have 8 that are all devoted to my home 8 terabytes of those two storage pools to put it in BSD fucking parlance um, I have 2 gigabytes available on my home outside of my array and then I have uh, something like 11 or 12 I, I have uh, 2 terabytes 2.5 terabytes of my home partition of my home drive and partition free um, and then for my uh, ZFS array you have to divide that 32 gigabytes in half because they're mirrored and striped so that's 16 terabytes and then of that I have just around 11 terabytes free but I know for a fucking fact after having to live with a increasingly swollen and overrun uh, home drive for the last, you know, six to six months to a year, where I have to uninstall everything that I install constantly because they need another hundred gigabytes. You know, some games need another hundred gigabytes, and some games are a hundred gigabytes, and you know, it means it's it's impacted this show. I'm glad that that now I have the overhead that I can just leave these things installed and then just do you know, like, bi-quarterly uninstalls of those it's prevented me from revisiting games that I really wanted to revisit that I had to move on after the show you know, like, okay, fine well, what's next? Oh my god, this week it's uh, whatever the fuck and, you know, we have to get that on, get that running right now, so I'll uninstall like a bunch of fucking it eventually got down to like where I went from having like, you know, 40 games installed at all times, of all different sizes, because, you know, you're not necessarily I'm always aware of what the, the footprint is, but um, I don't necessarily remember all the time when you have to do things that way it it is a much shittier experience so if you're talking about 64 gigabytes of an SSD for $400 why even have a hard drive? seriously, make it a distributed com- a computing thing. You know, fucking, even if they had to sublet out of AWS, you probably would not let them do that. It's a big infrastructure that, that Steam does not have, so that's the reason why. But 64 gigabytes? If those ever ship, they're gonna piss a lot of people off. A lot of people who didn't really understand that 64 gigabytes is... one half of one tenth of a terabyte 
and I have no, and you know, and are expecting like a Nintendo Switch like experience out of the box. Now it can be augmented with micro SSD, but that's not a stable form. I mean, I've had no problems with micro SDs in a long time, but I did run them. And when I say a long time, I mean like about the last five years, they've gone much better. But micro SSDs back in the day, like, you know, literally going back to like six years ago, were much less stable and much less good than they are now. Um, especially the larger they get, and they get more expensive too, and they have limited, you know, but anyway. So it's 400 bucks for for 64 gigabytes, which is I, I got I got, okay, fine. We're gonna go two hours. I don't give a shit, Ivor. Don't you fucking look at me! Don't you fucking look at me! That's right. Get your zombie ass back over to that generator. Hand crank that generator! Generate us another hour! Maybe. You're fired. You're fired, Ivor. He's such a he was such a good guy before he became undead. Actually, he was never a good guy. Even before he became an In fact, he's more efficient now. He's become undead. Crank that generator! Play a sound effect! Alright, we're only going 30 more minutes. The slaves just cannot handle it. By the way, that's from Captain Blood. One of my favorite films. Raphael Sabatini. Errol Flynn. So, they really wanted that price point because that is not a usable device. Counterbalance that with them saying, and this is justifiably so, that it is not just a gaming platform. Like, you can fucking put whatever distro you want on this device. But it, you know, it might lack some of the Steam integration with um, the hardware, some of the advantages you get from running the native whatever custom spin of Arch they're selling. But the next tier is like five, I can't even remember. I've been trying to block it out. I've already fired for not fucking writing this down for me. Yeah. Okay, so it's $130 more for a 256 gigabyte NVMe SSD. That could, that can hold maybe two AAA games and like dozens of smaller games. And then for 650 bucks, it's 512 gigabytes. But all this stuff is not really worth talking about that much because none of us have actually seen how far their Q&A pass might have worked. This is all hypothetical and we're talking hypothetical unto December before they start sending you emails for it's your time to order your Steam Deck, which is the most forgettable name ever. 
So yeah, welcome. Merry Christmas. You owe us. Not they're not gonna say you owe us, but if you you know you don't it's five dollars to make the reservation to get an email in December when they are ready ostensibly in December when they're ready to send out um actual product and who knows how that will sort out. So I think all of this is a bunch of smoke and mirrors and stuff like, I, I'm not saying that it's like it's lies or anything. I'm just saying that like it's it's a bunch of marketing because four hundred dollars is a price point for a sixty four gigabyte machine is I mean yeah I can piss straight into the wind my mouth open not get wet, swallow any pee. Sure! Let's go for the 64 gigabyte. I'm gonna spend $400 on a thing that needs hard drive space more than anything else in the world when there's a $530 thing that is you know, it's 64 gigabytes versus 256 gigabytes. And then there's another final version, final form of $649, 512 gigabytes, so half a terabyte. But whatever. And this is, and they're structuring this all around the storage aspect of it, which is strange. Because SSDs are, right now, you know, they're not expensive. <laughs> they're not, but I'm, I'm sure that they have some form of unique engineering and whatever. But that's a... I would look at that as a mistake. Anyway, we'll see how it shakes out. I And by the way, I've, I've pre-ordered my 256 gigabyte. For, it's $5 to, you know, get into the reservation queue, I guess. Which is kind of neat, but it could also kind of suck. Like, mm. I don't know if I'm going to have the money or the cojones to uh, actually pay $530 if, in fact, they begin shipping in December and I see the email but I'm only out five bucks that's cheaper than a pack of cigarettes so let's get on with the show, we're not going to talk about, well, fine, I work based them with it we're going to do the whole rest of the show in the next 15 minutes, no, we're not but we're going to skip over Night of the Dead we talk COVID, Tim Sweeney EAC Steam Deck And I just don't know why 64 gigabytes is not enough for $400. What you can get with a Switch? I have 256 gigabytes micro SSD storage on my Switch. I love my Switch, by the way. But that's only because it gave gives me access to, you know, proprietary Nintendo titles and franchises like, you know, Super Mario Maker 2, which I'm reverse engineering into Tux Maker, but that's a different story. And so I need to learn how fucking Super Mario Maker worked and what the fuck it was like. Because I'm... <laughs> anyway, it's a fun game, by the way. And the Switch is great. Switch is a good marketplace. It is all outrageously overpriced. And they're almost all fucking Steam games. They're almost all computer games from independent developers that turned out to be big hits, and now years later, they're still charging full price for them. They'll charge full price on the Switch store for anything. Steam is the exact opposite. 
And it's much more fair. The way Steam does things, much more fair. So yeah, I would not hold out hope of EAC coming over, coming back to Linux again. When EAC was its own company before Epic bought them, they were great. They were the backbone of independent game development for multiplayer games. It's how Seven Days to Die got its start. It's how I played Seven Days to Die with EAC. Until Tim Sweeney bought it and added it as a subsidiary to Epic and then switched the whole fu- it was like an executive order. No more Linux clients allowed access. No in, uh intelligent errors or descriptions of why they can't connect. I want them all insta-banned, literally without explanation, hesitation, or any appeal process. I want, you know, and I don't give a fuck. That's literally Tim Sweeney's policy. His policy, as of, I think, nine months ago, was we'll be more than happy to add Linux compatibility to Easy Energy, which is a product, by the way, and a company, by the way, that he didn't even develop. He just bought it. After the Epic Store became a thing, a pernicious pernicious and fucking profiteering, soul-sucking thing. They might give away some things for free sometimes, or on super discounts, but they don't have anywhere near the library or what. and they basically built it as a profiteering short-term model um, and they did not expect it to pay off in the ways that it, it has especially across EAC which is like kind of their profit center and he hates Linux I don't care if he said it in public or not, but his nine months ago, he issued a formal statement. Well, not a formal statement. He issued it on Twitter, but it was in, re- I think it was in reply to a journalist. So that makes it a formal statement. He said, uh, is his name Tim Sweeney? I always get, oh, shit. I went to school with a guy named Tim Sweeney. I can't remember. Ivor, you're fired for not fact checking Sweeney's first name, but it's Sweeney. Mike Sweeney? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Sweeney, we'll just, so that purpose of disambiguation. Sweeney said nine months ago that we'll be more than happy to allow um, EAC access to all of our games and servers to all clients running, you know, uh, uh, Uname or pseudo Uname that identifies them as being a Linux box just as soon as Linux can offer us assurances that that will not lead to massive hacking. That's idiotic. That is very similar to the top of this hour where we talked about, or top of the previous hour where we talked about COVID and, okay, so you want me to disprove a negative? Because right now, 95% of the gaming market is Windows. 95% 95% shockingly enough of people who are hacking brutally you know and cheating and engineering cheats are on Windows so he anyway that makes no sense and, and it's one thing if a politician says something that's stupid but it's another thing when it's someone who is I mean you know there's no politics here like, we deal with real numbers. It, you know, we're all... I would assume that if you're listening to this, then 
you you know you run Linux, and if you're running Linux and you're not a technologist, then you're fucking you're gonna get fucked hard. I mean, if you're really a system and and you have no idea what the fuck you're doing, you're gonna get fucked hard. But uh, it's very difficult to piss in my pocket and tell me it's raining. Oh yeah, all I need you to do is disprove this negative. And then, you know, we're all good. Oh, and by the way, if even we're all good and, you know, someone spoofs a bunch of Linux boxes just to fucking fuck with you, like, for instance, me, and then, you know, breaks a bunch of games and, like, high-level tournaments or whatever for vengeance... I don't know, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying that Tim Sweeney is actively, you know, doing false flag shit, but like I this guy hates Linux. He took EAC, which ran great on Linux, and he broke it so that it will not allow us to play on his, you know, we are sub equal citizens. So there you go. So we're going to skip Night of the Dead for tonight. We'll have a big feature on it next week. Here's our review. Ivor based him with it. Thanks for listening to me rant this long if you made it this far. In accordance with the laws and regulations regarding the internet within your local jurisdiction, Best Linux Games Podcast now presents you with a dose of clap. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's review time. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, actually, we we can get through this pretty quickly, even though it deserves... I don't know if it deserves a lot to talk about, but it is a monumental game for this podcast and for Linux gaming in general. Finally, at last, we have a AAA golf title that is one of the best golfing games that I've ever played on any platform or whatever, ever. It's in my top five ever golf games. That list runs like this. Hot Shots Golf 2 is number one. For the, I think it was PlayStation 2. Nintendo Golf is number two. There was a golf game for Windows 95 that I cannot remember, but it was also exceptionally good. But I pirated it, and that was a thousand billion years ago. Um, I was still under 18, you see. Uh, and then... Yeah, so Hot Just Golf 2. Uh, that one game for Windows 95. That, uh, no, Nintendo Golf. And then that one game for 95 to might have been 98. Somewhere in between there. Actually, it had to have been before 1998. Not just because I was 18 in 1998, but uh, yeah, anyway, and I can't remember that fucking game. But this game is number three. Or number four. In fact, I think it's number two in my all-time list, and here's why. We're talking about PGA Tour 2K21. Now, right off the bat, I have to tell you, right off the right off the club face, oh, we're not going to make it. We might go an hour and three quarters of an hour. Maybe. 
I have to tell you right now, there's a disclaimer for this review. Every time I review a game for the show, you know that there's a possibility that I might give it the highest award that we're capable of affording a game. And that award is called the worth full price, all price, any price, any hour, any day, any week, any year, any decade price. This game wins that award if you're willing to pay $60 for a golf game. If you're that hard up for a golf game and you need to pay Steam itself, if that has to be your mechanism for payment and you need it now, then yes, this game wins that award. But it 60 bucks is a lot to pay. However, this is a lot of game. By the same token, it's the best golf game you can play on Linux, bar none. There is no other golf game that is anywhere near this good as PGA Tour 2K21. So that should factor into your decision, but we're not, we can't give it that award. Also, we got our copy during the summer sale for like 17, for like 18 bucks or 19 bucks. It's like 20 bucks. It's 60 bucks when it's not on sale through the Steam store. But, however, you can still, as I've discussed in other episodes about similar phenomena, you can still get it at like $18 or whatever. You know, I would not pay more than $20 for it on any aftermarket key site. But like, you know, A2G, any aftermarket key site that, you know, you know and trust should have it for significantly under 35% of its full price. So, what are some of the features of this game? And then I'm going to just try to wax poetically about why it's such a good golf game. First of all, that cover price includes a built-in course designer, which I have not used, but which factors heavily into the game, because that means there are infinite courses built into the game, and you can play them, you can review them, you can rate them, you can add them to your favorites. It is infinite golf, and I don't mean in the abstract, I mean that in the hardcore. Like, the official course package that came with my $20, whatever the fuck, uh, summer sale, okay, I'm gonna count from memory in my head. Ivor, you're fired for not getting this number for me. There are four pages. Three pages are full of official courses. I'm going to say that there are two rows of five courses on each page. So there are 31 courses. Official courses. Something like that. It's very close to that number. Somewhere hovering around there. It's over 25 and it's under 40. It's a lot of fucking golf courses in the official game. It also gives you access to every course that everyone's ever made. Those courses are sorted, and you can search them and 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 sort them by, like, newest, newest trending, highest rated. You can even sort them all globally via difficulty. One thing that sucks, though, is it doesn't give you an a- any easy way to access the courses that you've rated at, fi- at better than you know, whatever, it's a one to five star, and I rate 
significant numbers, of course, because I've played, by the way, that's why this is a review. I spent about three weeks playing PGA Tour 2K21. I played 35 hours of this game. It is one of the most addictive, most fun, most relaxing, most challenging, great, great play mechanics, unbelievable graphics, humongous number of courses, your tools and techniques and everything are all at your disposal. You just have to be good enough at using them. Um... You know, it's everything that you want from like the greatest golf game ever made, which I still maintain is Hot Shots Golf 2. But this is a simulator. So anyway, moving moving back to like our notes here. Um, so it's the best, not only is it the best golf game you can play on Linux, it is beyond uh the there's no nothing else that even competes with this. And it's also innovative as a golf game in of itself, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so yeah, go to an aftermarket seller if you if you need it. If, if you yeah, and you always run a risk, and don't blame me. You know, if 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 your key doesn't work for you know fifteen dollars, don't blame me. That still means that you have forty five dollars to go before you've paid full price for it. And I say it's worth full price, but 60 bucks is a hefty investment for a golf game. Now, here's what you get with this golf game, though, other than the includes the course designer. It has multiplayer integration. It has guest multiplayer integration that worked for Splinter, but I couldn't get it to work with Shadow Glare. That's where they don't have to buy the game at all, and you can do Steam Remote Play together. It's finicky, and you have to do it in a very specific kind of back words way to get that to work instead of them going to like a buy this game page when you send them the link but we Splinter and I got it working that way two nights ago and then we got the, he bought the game then he bought, then we played it we played two rounds tonight using the in-game party management and matchmaking feature to create private games where you can play 18 holes competitively um more courses than you can play it also includes on top of the just play whatever course you want out of like there are hundreds of courses I'm going to say there's like at least 100 courses there's only like you know somewhere around 30 maybe 40 official courses but there are endless amounts of unofficial courses and some of them are absolutely amazing in fact, the game image that we're probably going to use for this week's episode of the podcast is of, and I did not write it down, goddammit, but some maniac decided to make 18 holes centered around Skyrim, and so it is called something like uh, oh god, what is it called? Ah, it's called Dragonborn LLC Winterborn or Winterhaven whatever the name of the first town that you found in Skyrim was and that's hilarious or not LLC, uh, TPC the Players Club Dragonborn the Players Club and it looks exactly like that area of the game and it's an 18 holer uh, with gentle winds, it's got some challenging uh, fairways that are not cheap in terms of their challenge. They're not gimmicky. 
but some of the traps can swallow you. The greens are very much California Scottish, so they're slower greens, but they're designed to be finicky, like, you know, you're gonna be dealing with long putts, but not that difficult to read until you already hit it and you know that you're fucked because you didn't read it right. Um, and that's cool too, because once you understand that like that's the course, then you start to pay it a lot more attention to the greens as opposed to, anyway, you'll see what I mean in a moment. So, um, on top of like the let's play whatever course we want, it has a full PGA tour mode where you start on the road to getting to the PGA. It has full character creation. Currently, I play as Count Vlad. My last name is Golfula. And I am what happens when you give a 6,000 year old vampire or 600 year old vampire um, access to amazing Cubert pants high fashion expensive um Nixon-esque style like Nixon is in the watch and belt company belts and ping zing circa 1997 1989 uh fuchsia and white uh thumb golf gloves and uh patterned golf visors and giant plastic candy punk raver pink uh multi-toned mirrored shades uh in an aviator fashion but emphasis on candy punk pseudo raver um you get Vlad Golfula and you give him anyway my my golfer is great oh and then he has giant pink shoes all of these things you can buy with uh, credits that you earn from completing various challenges um, from any map in any mode any course in any mode that has built in currency to it and all the shit that you you know customize your character, your, your player with but, but anyway Big difference is that when you play any, you know, course that you want, whether with someone else or by yourself, um, you get experience from doing things that are simple, like hitting greens and regulation, making fairway shots, out driving certain drive challenges off the tee, etc., 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 etc. And then there can also be a currency component to it where you get you know, in-game money that, you know, I've not, there, I don't, I haven't bought any money for the game. I don't even know if there's a system for that. But I do know that there are societies you can join where you all basically pull your resources and some of the societies require you to pay an upfront fee in saved in-game currency. So you might not want to go too wild with the customization of your player. Uh, you know, first week or whatever. So anyway, let's let's get to the nitty gritty. You have two basic game modes. You have a hilarious caddy mode. They spent a lot of time making a really good caddy who has a nice tone but says the same deprecating shit as like golf announcers like when you fuck up and you'll fuck up a lot when you start. I find it personally charming. He 
very rarely says anything that's useful, but it, he is a remarkable companion to have with you as you just chew through a couple of times every one of the official courses, which are all easy difficulty. Then you can go to the PG. I mean, you don't have to. You could start on the PGA Tour mode with or with that. You know, you create a character for that or whatever you want to do. You lose your caddy, and it's like you're televised. And it starts like with the road to the PGA. So you do this like fucking jobber, shitty thing, but it's televised like on ESPN 12. And so all of a sudden you have a bunch of Scottish announcers who are not really quite keen on that approach. Just, I don't know. Is, is he even aware of the wind? Um, oh, it's, he's going to be disappointed with that one. Yeah, you know, as you hole in. As you hole out with a fucking, you know, 45 yard chip shot right into the fuck. He's got to be disappointed with this one. He's only at par. He's going to have lots to go. That's right, Sean. Hey, you know, well, Sean's Irish, but that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right, McGinnis. It's a totally different game. And all of those courses are like, it's, it, they're, it's four separate tournaments that lead you to the PGA. I've not made great progress in those, but I've destroyed. I'm very good at this game. Depending on the day. Now, where does it all matter? The graphics are great. The courses are numerous and amazing. What is the most important thing? What made Nintendo Golf so great? Actually, Nintendo Golf is the worst example of this. The mechanics, though is the answer. What makes a great golf game are the mechanics. PGA Tour 2K21 takes a different approach, no pun intended, to a modern golfing simulation. This is not arcade golf. It plays faster than any golf game I've ever played, though. Except in Golden Tee, but that's really arcade only, and is not a good game. It's just one that's in every bar out here in Vegas, at least for the last 12 years. Golden T, Golden T2. They're not very good. They're designed to suck your money out of you and encourage you to drag other people in with you and then you get drunk and hit the bar really hard! No. Your average shot, once you get very comfortable with the game's mechanics... You can hole out if you're playing alone in easily under 90 seconds depending on the wind. And that's with checking your shot, checking your club, checking your range, checking the amount of topspin, backspin, uh, hook and uh, slice that you want to put on the ball um, along with the elevation that you want. It uses this thing called true shot they call it true shot. I think it's what it's called. You hold on the left bumper, and that gives you that turns your both of your analog sticks into the left stick controls the English, you know, the backspin or topspin that you want to put on the ball. You're not going to get results like um Hot Jets Golf 2, like where you have like super English, like where it's almost like once the ball hits the green, if you put enough backspin on it, it'll just spin like you know, three feet back into the hole. 
But you can get the ball to fucking stop dead. You can also... The advanced topics in this game are chipping in from you know either the lip of the green or from like, you know, a hundred yards out. Really chipping in and holding out with that one shot. Because that's how you can go from fucking birdies to eagles. And you can do it consistently. It's hard though because the tools it gives you are so good and the metrics are so solid that it it took me about 15 hours before I started to be able to really putt accurately but the, the mechanics, that's where the rubber meets the road, the graphics might be nice the mechanics are fantastic and they're variable it's all about the wind, all about the ranges all about your club selection all about adjusting your shot um, and it goes in kind of order of primacy in terms of things that you would normally learn for golf. Like if you were, if you were like me when I was a kid and, you know, you learn how to play golf, driving is easiest, putting is hardest, chipping is right in between other cool things and I'm not going to describe exactly how you set up your shot but it takes almost no time at all to set up what you think is going to be an accurate shot you know from you know middle of the fairway in regulation whatever you're 150 yards out I can hit the pin I can hit the pin I would say although the last two days I've been fucking with my game because I've been trying to get closer and closer and closer to the pin because I've been playing more and more um, online which I would say is the game's biggest weakness in a way but it's also one of the game's greatest strengths once you get tired, once you get really good and you're, you're almost never playing the same course twice so the fundamental things have to apply the mechanics have to be good from course to course in order for me to get good. I mean, I'm, I, I'm like a negative 10 handicap. Right? Well, it depends on, on the course, but like not negative 10. I mean, I, I normally score between 5 and 10 under par on any given non-punishingly difficult course. And of course, you can sort the courses by degree of difficulty. And then also, but we can't do is combine the filters, which kind of sucks. Cause like, I would really like to be able to find the highest rated courses from the last month that are medium difficulty. You can't really do that. But with a lot of browsing, you can. And then you can favorite them and rank them. And then there's really no way to get to see all the courses that you favorited, but whatever. Doesn't really matter. The mechanics are super fluid. They're incredibly easy to pick up. In your first round of golf, they'll mark, they'll frog march you through a bunch of tutorials. It takes about like eh, 15 minutes, maybe. I, I don't even remember. They won't tell you a bunch of shit that you kind of need to know. Like getting the um one of the things that you need to do after you kind of figure out how to get perfect contact with the ball, like off the tee 
Perfect contact is important in every aspect of the game except for putting, which uses a really cool different mechanic that makes the game super challenging. It's uh, they, they call it poundage. So instead of having a front swing and a back swing on a putt, you have a front swing, you, you have a pullback, and then you ha- apply poundage. And unlike on your drives, the way you bring the stick across the meter on the follow-through, which applies the poundage, which gives the ball the force to get to the hole, um, that has to be straight, as straight as possible, unless you're trying to fuck with the way you read the greens. And the way you read the greens, this is also cool, single-player and most multiplayer modes, especially if you're doing a private match like between you and Splinter, you can set it up... Well, you don't... The default is that every before every putt, you could hold down the A button and see exactly where the ball is going to go based on your current orientation. Then, if you apply the exact perfect poundage and you line it up exactly along that line, it will hole in. Too much, it'll go offline. Too little, it'll go offline. Um, blob. That's not how it works, though. The way it works is you see you get one of these for every putt. When you hold down the A button, you see the perfect path. You see the path that the ball is going to go where you are right now, the way you're set up. It does not account for the poundage. You have to do that by getting really good at bringing the stick back and then straight through the whole the whole line thing, it has to be a straight line. There's like a pseudo image of a ball on the right side of the screen and that that's one of the meters for you know, this is very important in putting because if so the idea is you get you get the line that the ball's going to go for right now. Then you adjust based off of that line. So it might be half a foot over to the right or seven feet over to the left that you need to adjust your putt. You don't ever get to see you don't ever get the meter to be drawn again. You only get one perfect read of the green. This simplifies reading greens a lot and still makes it as much an art as it is a science to really hole out on like a 50 foot putt depending on the green if it's not like just you know like a fucking glass lake if it's not like a fucking window pane it can be dicey and if you hit it too hard or if you pull it a little bit at the end of your poundage stroke it's not going to go anywhere along the line that you it and it takes some time to get good at putting takes even more time to get good at chipping in once you get good at chipping in you can turn your you know your par 3s into instant birdies you can turn your par 5s into into instant eagles Plus or minus depending on the weather conditions. Chipping in is more difficult because you have to figure out the wind and you also kind of have to read the green and then you have to apply topspin to the ball and you have to make it land exactly where you want it so that when the ball lands, it goes straight into the hole, not straight into the pin. I don't know why there is no caddy who pulls the pin for you when you hit. 
that's like standard PG. Isn't that what they do? I haven't watched uh, modern golf in like probably 10 years, but that's how I remember it. And that's how I remember Jack Nicklaus and Greg Norman. Anyway, they, you know, once you're like chipping in, you take someone pulls the fucking pin, throws it off to the side. And if you're like, you know, just golfing with your friends, the other person fucking gets on the pin. So that if you really nail it, you don't hit the pin, you hole out. But whatever. The mechanics are fantastic. They are consistent. And they are so consistent that they will drive you nuts once you get addicted to the game and good at it, which happens basically from your first swing. It's that good of a game. It's so pretty, it's overwhelming. I hate games that relax me. I like games... I I only like games that are, you know... I'm not a... I I was relaxed once. It was my 30th birthday, and I hated it. Actually, I really liked it. But um, that was the last time I relaxed. That was the first time in my life I ever relaxed over anything. This game will relax you. You do not need to be stoned to play this game and enjoy it. You can be stoned out of your mind and be very good at this game if you've you know played enough of it. And then the competition is great. One other game mode does bear mentioning before we before we say uh, goodbye and head over to the clubhouse for lots of sweet sweet uh, crack cocaine and Roscoe and brown brown get your bullets ready kids mm. that was a lord of war reference There, the most fun multiplayer game mode is called Divot Derby and in this game mode it's you with as many as 20 plus people all playing the same hole at once the number of strokes does not matter it's whoever holes in first if you played um, the Fall Guys where it's like 60 people start like an obstacle course and then it's only the first you know 50% who get to advance to the next obstacle course and it's based on order of primacy of who completed the course first Divot Derby is like that but it's literally six. it's literally 20 people teeing off on the same tee and you see all their balls going everywhere as you take your shot you know if you're slow but it's who the stroke does not matter. The number of strokes does not matter. It's whoever holds out first and eventually comes down to one or two. I made it to like I think four holes. I made it through four holes. Thing about Divot Derby, it's super fucking fun. But it's also the hardest game mode to get matched in. I don't know why, but at least on the West Coast. After like seven ish o'clock at night, it's impo- it's almost it's all but impossible to get matched with enough people to play that mode. Also, matchmaking is generally sparse for all of the game modes that you're not bringing a friend in specifically for. But it still doesn't matter because you just know you're gonna if you can't get matched, you know, you'll wait like maybe two minutes or whatever. 
And then you'd be like, okay, fine, fine, fuck this, cancel it. I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm only gonna play one, one round of eighteen. I'm only gonna play one round of eighteen. Only that's it. It's, it's you know, five in the morning. I, I'd, I'd be working two and a half hours, Christ's sake. And so, two and a half hours later, and seven courses later, you will go to bed happy. Happy enough to get 15 minutes of sleep. And every day, you're, you're it, the coolest thing about the game is the fast pace of the game, the high precision level, but the low learning curve. Like, anyone can beat me at this game and I got 35 hours in this game. I'm I'm pretty good. I'm not masterful yet. Cuz right now I'm I'm trying to fine tune my approach game and my putts have been suffering because of it and actually my stroke in general has been suffering because of it. But that that's okay. The game takes a lot of the it's not a three stro- it's not a three button approach to hitting a shot and whereas most other golf games try to like obfuscate and through, you know through sophistry or whatever they try to make it so sophisticated or have some little mechanic that makes it more difficult to hit the ball exactly like you want this game does not do that this game tries to make it as easy as possible like if there were if there were a way to like give you like the ability to hit like a uh, fucking 380 yard straight as a straight as an arrow fucking tee shot just to get you to hole in on just to get to your hole in one it would do that, but it doesn't. What it does is it gives you the wind and all of the meters are synchronized. They're not synchronized like where they update each other, but they're, you don't have to try to cheat the game to be good at it. And that makes, even when you don't know what you're doing, look makes you look like a better golfer than you ever would be in real life by a factor of a thousand if you've never played, if you have played and, you know, were a middling golfer or played when you were younger like I did, it makes you feel like you stuck with it for forever. It makes you look like a pro. In general. And that's part of the addiction. And then as you get into the nuances of the game, as you try to shave off feet to your approach shots, as you try to get better at figuring out just how can I get like three more yards off my drive not that it matters because you will probably for most of 35 hours I've not played the same course more than once exception was tonight where because last night I had some problems I ended up playing the same course twice and that was the first course that was that I could find after Splinter and I played one round of 18 with this fucking horrible mode that made it like Divot Derby where both players take their turns at the same time. It was very unfun. Then we played another round and so I, the most I've ever played a sync, one specific course is three times in a row. Not three times in a row. 
I've only ever played it three times. So every course, every hole is totally new and unique and the weather conditions are totally new and unique and you have to account for them and then you have to bottom line is there's you can finish your first round of 18 holes after you complete the tutorial for PGA Tour 2K21 faster than I could finish playing alone um my best course with my best character in Hot Shots Golf 2 averages about 23 minutes ish tops depending on how hard if the greens are hard then you can you can kiss your ass goodbye there's also a putting course and one two super tips if you decide to get this game one I would recommend if you're right handed map the swing the swing stick to your left stick hold it in your lap or on a flat surface or something use the pad of your left thumb to pull back that gives you a much straighter follow through in general especially for tee shots that's how you'll get your perfect timing down once you've played like three courses after the tutorial you'll have a bunch of money go to the training tab which is a driving range then once you're at the driving range pause it and go to perfect stroke calibration then you'll hit 10 driver it'll give you the driver and you'll still be on the driving range you hit 10 shots as best as you can for maximum power and it, it tells the game whatever device you're using what the push forward speed needs to be for it to be optimally calibrated for your perfect stroke for drives <coughs> you'll have to recalibrate that as you evolve I need to recalibrate mine pretty badly because like you'll either be too fast which is a, like a hook or, or too slow which is a slice you know, so you gotta you know, one goes left, one goes right. You gotta figure out what the perfect, and that's all about the speed with which you bring the the stick uh, forward for your follow through. It's a two phase, very simple, very excellent, very tunable, like, not just tunable, you get very good at getting the most out of every stroke and that is all you can ask out of a golf game and it's not it's it's as much art and as it is science it's a lot like golf and you'll go through different phases in terms of your your confidence in your game on any given day just like golf it's just like golf so PGA Tour 2K21 can't give it the $60 full price, any price, but it is infinite golf on top of that. And if you're looking for a game that you can get lost in, and you want for much cheaper, take a risk and see if there are any aftermarket keys. I know Splinter got it for like 20 bucks. I gifted it to somebody else for 20 bucks too. Um, 
at that price point, which will like next year will be the default price point for this golf game, and I doubt that they will ever make a golf game this good in the next five years. Um, it's worth full price every price, but we can't give it that award. Anyway, that's two hours of the Best Link Cleanest Podcast. Cheers, I will see you next week with turgid tales of awesomeness in the immaculate, well, it's still an early access, but two-man developed Night of the Dead. Just think seven days to die on lots of speed. Like, it is fast. It's crazy. And then suddenly, because instead of every seven days, it's every night at midnight and suddenly you've done everything you think you could and you find that you have like maybe eight minutes left and it's dark and you don't have electricity if you walk around too much because you're in your base you're ready you're ready to go now you find yourself starting to lose your mind because you know the horde is coming come at me bitch Next week. Cheers, thanks for listening. Get vaccinated. I'm gonna get drunk. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh, four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy, yaddy, four or five times. Matt Damon. <laughs> face. Stop. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.